podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And good morning to all of you diehard Ozzyfon fans. We are here sans James again. It's just the Thomases. Campy, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? Should we tell them why we're really by ourselves? Because James is... Finally got a full-time job and he's decided he's a big boy. He can't do the podcast. Well, I thought he joined time. Witness Protection and he's on the run. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go a, with your story then. There's eh? been a few uh, <laughs> choice deaths up in Sydney. Might have had something to do with it. <laughs> Mate, I jinxed it. We were talking yesterday and I was going, it's snore Ricard, it's boring, it's the worst, and we've had a ripper. Well, generally it is a snore fest, but I'll tell you what, that was a bloody excellent race. From start to finish, it was excellent. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the fight between Lewis and Valtteri, the whole race, it was there, the whole race. Um, when Max uh, pitted, got back in front of Lewis, and Lewis yeah. lost track position. I think that 10 laps where they had Valtteri and him and Lewis in the DRS zone to Max was just, oh. oh. That's why we watch this sport. I think it was cracking to watch. This is exactly what you would want as a race director – as a TV oh. director, this is what they're aiming for with tire strategy, everything. This is like peak Formula One kind of strategy stuff where it's anything's to play for, multiple strategies can work. That's exactly what we want in Formula One. Oh, mate, unbelievable. This is, this is the pin-up race of why yeah. you watch this sport. And for all it's cracked up to be, there's actually some decent passing opportunities and we saw a lot of on-track passes, which is – not what we expected from Paul Ricard. No, there was talk. I know there was talk about on that, uh, on the back straight. There's been talk about knocking out the chicane so they get more of a Jeez, run. that'd be fast. Yeah, then it would just be <laughs> overpowered. But um, last night, I thought for the first 10 laps when everyone's on fresh rubber, I thought, geez, we're just going to see more of the same, particularly when Danny Rick was trying to pass Alonso early. Yep. I thought, geez, he just needs that extra couple of hundred metres or just to push it. But as the tyres started to wear off, uh, it was passing on track everywhere, which was good to see. It was we saw passing everywhere right throughout the pack too. Yeah. So, um, oh, sensational Grand Prix. So I'll give it up to the French. I'll uh, eat some more humble pie. You've done something good. <laughs> You've got a steady diet of humble pie these days, haven't you? Know, um, showing too. Let's quickly, <laughs> <laughs> let's quickly jump into the start. What did you see off the start? It's exactly what we predicted was going to happen. Someone was going to go off. Yeah. We thought uh, we thought one of the two drivers between Max or Lewis was going to push someone wide, but it was ultimately Max. He threw the car in and not enough heat in the tyres, and it Bit just of a tailwind. Maybe I don't think it was a tailwind. I don't. I Rosberg just, was pretty convinced of a tailwind, and he was pretty happy that his prediction came correct. Almost well, Rosberg knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Rosberg but, loves a bit of Rosberg, really. <laughs> Rosberg loves talking about himself. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you went out there. You didn't win. He's the but, new uh, No, so it, it seems like, yeah, just outbraked himself and ended up No, I don't think long. he outbraked himself. I just think when he went, he went to get the fronts in the right direction and it just uh, uh, understeered and he just went wide. And so, it, the back end slightly stipped out, but I, I don't put that down to weather. I just put, I, sorry to wind. I just put that down to his tyres weren't hard enough and he yeah. didn't have the angle that Lewis had on the yep. turn either. So. Yep. And, like, if you're going to go off, he came back on exactly the right way because he actually made turn one they were talking about. Yep. He didn't have to do the full escape road rejoin after turn three or whatever it was. He could just continue. 
It, and first first lap, first corner, they're pretty lenient usually, aren't they? Yeah, cracking job not to hit those uh, bollards too. Those yeah. two little yellow goal And not to there. let what us through too as well. Yeah, that was the interesting thing. I mean, it would have spiced it up a bit more, but yeah, geez. It was everyone, the start we wanted, really. Yeah, everyone else kind of stayed in their own positions except for our boy. Danny Rick. Yeah, he alluded to after the race that he um that he watched his onboard from a couple of years ago, 2019, when he was in the Renault. And he said he stayed in the middle and he just was stuck in no man's land. Yep. So he said, if I see a gap on the outside, I'm just going to open it right up, which he did yeah. because he uh, – he was behind Norris at the time. He got a good start, but he just went right on the outside, pretty much over track limits, really. Yeah. Just break like, got in front of everyone, and uh, yeah. yeah, he just probably should have had it. Alonso out of the, sh- the uh, turn two, really, because yeah. um, it's a little chicane kink there, but yeah. um, didn't have the drive off the exit. But oh, sensation. Good to see. Yeah. Good to saw, see. You know what? We saw a bit of Danny Rick of old. Oh, we'll, we'll get, get there. I we'll think, get to him. I think McLaren do. shit the bed a bit on strategy, but we'll get to that. It was good to see Danny. Yeah, it was That's good. good. All right. Let's get into it. Back to the back. Team by team. Back to the back. Haas didn't see anything. We didn't actually get to see anything on track, well, did we? Uh, well, we saw Schumacher make the pass on Mazepin real early. Yep. Threw it up the inside. They touched front. Uh, I think it was Schumacher's front left. Yeah. And uh, Mazepin's front right. But that's cool. That's racing. You're allowed. You're allowed to do that. I don't think they like each other. But then Mazepin got in front of him somehow. And I'm like, how did that happen? It's probably because Haas had 20 pit stops. Well, they do that and stuff. No, I think Brundle alluded to the fact that uh, Schumacher went wide and had to give it back. Maybe. Well, I I don't know. When you go over track limits, you're supposed to at a certain points. You're supposed to go through some yellow goalposts around the track to make it fair. Just have so, gravel. I'm, Just have gravel. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, I mean, imagine that if it had been gravel for Max oh, on lap one. Yeah. Race over. Yeah. I mean, he still would have come through the pack, but race over. Um, anyway, look, at, I don't mind the – it was a good race, so I don't really care. Race, but, yeah. Um, yeah, Schumacher ended up beating Mazepin, which is good. It yeah. just – Schumacher doesn't matter where he is compared to Mazepin. Yeah. He's always going to pass him on the first lap, yep. even if he gets out qualified or something happens in qualifying. Yep. Or he starts from the rear grid. He's always going to pass him anyway. So it's what we want to see. Have we seen anyone as bad as Mazepin in F1 for this long? Um, when was the last one we've had a pay driver this we've had, far off the pace? Because he's against a rookie and he's getting absolutely pants. We've had some shocking test drivers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But this guy's actually a paid driver for a whole season. He's that far off the pace. Is he a paid driver? I don't know if he's a paid driver. His dad pays him. That doesn't really count. <laughs> have we seen He's a worse a driver? driver? Have yeah. we seen a worse driver? Nah, it's going to have um, to be a while. Not in recent history. No, nah. I'm not up on my F1 history from like. But it's he's going to be in, he's going to be in the top few, isn't he? Of like worst drivers we've seen get a seat. Worst drivers to get a whole season. Yeah, in a car, it's crazy. Yeah. He must be throwing a lot of cash at that team. Oh, I think it's going to be announced pretty soon. Then. <laughs> and well, and they probably change the name from Haas. It'll be Rich Energy. Gene Haas can get out. Oh, it'll be Rich yeah. Energy something, and uh, Rich Energy's gonna. Cause the, what's his name? William Story's best mates with Mazepin's dad. That is a duo I do not want to see. <laughs> Speaking of more duos, I don't want to see the Williams boys. <laughs> um, I all credit to uh, uh, George Russell. 
Still didn't get a point though. So oh, no, finished, talk to me when you get a point, pal. Finished twelfth. Yeah, get a point. And he was the last car to get overlapped that got lapped. So that's something, I guess. It's good for him. That's good for Williams. Oh. I mean, their benchmark for the last two or three years has yeah. been at least three laps over, you know, overtaken. So, full, and full credit to George, he's getting out of Q one every week. Just good. He's always in Q two. Yeah, he does nothing in it, but he's always getting close to the fringes of the top ten, which is he Drive needs well. to do. Oh, he does, and Drive. until that car is on new regs and he can do something competitive with it, I just don't know if we're going to see any points or anything competitive yeah. really. And the problem with their races is that we don't see enough of it on TV to follow it. Can't judge it really, can I we? I mean, I'm constantly, I watch more of the timing scream on the on the left. Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out distances for Danny Rick and what he needs to do to yeah. get in it. I mean, you're still watching paces. the screen, but yeah. if you're not, like I'm not disciplined enough or I don't really care enough to be watching what's happening for the Williams. And, you and can't though, because it just doesn't get covered. We end up watching like front runners for just go around with no chance of overtakes. Yeah, I was a bit frustrated with the TV director. It was some good stuff. I mean, we can't really complain a lot. We did get to see a lot of Danny, but you're right. Like, in general, there's some really interesting stuff that you'd like to see as yeah. opposed to yeah. someone clearly not going to get overlap, um, overtaken on that lap. So. Yeah, totally. I think they're pretty good with that little camera on the right-hand side. Yeah, you know, that's good. better. Um, they yeah. could, could be more proactive about it, in my opinion, but... Yeah. No, nah, we're getting picky now. It was a great race. I don't want to be. I want to sound cynical on a Monday morning at five o'clock. It's hard not to sound cynical when it's this early in the morning. Isn't oh, it? Mate. it just comes out. <laughs> great cracking race though. Good it on the it really was. The French are back. Quickly, the French are out of the bin. Give me your thoughts on the anthem. What did you reckon? Oh shit, ass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. Oh. Can someone please tune a brass instrument? They all sounded flat as hell. Yeah. Look, it was ridiculous, isn't it? Look, <laughs> look, I am very skeptical of an anthem when it is in a minor key, like we heard in Baku last week, two weeks ago. Oh, it just reeks of uh, communism. There you go. <laughs> so it's not as bad. I mean, the Azerbaijan one was brilliant, but in comparison, <laughs> so good. this one was flat. You're right. Oh, it, it was, was gross, Musically it? flat. It had no energy. Oh. It had nothing. Yeah, you know, you want to hear a national anthem, you, you want to be get up and about. You want to be yeah. passionate. Yeah, and that one was almost like the giving up of anthems, wasn't it? I mean, if you want to see a good French national anthem, watch their national rugby team play a game, an international game, and yeah. you see the boys. And, get up and about. You know, they all look like me, and they're all crying, <laughs> and they're passionate. That's what you want to see. But that was shit ass. What wasn't was the flyover. That uh, was that was decent. Was good. I don't know about the uh, the helicopter and the paratroopers dropping down with the trophies. That was a bit excessive. What was with the trophies? What the, was the, the big, big the big gorilla's been there for however long? I don't know. It's part what? of Paul Ricard. It's oh, like an icon. Yeah, they're yeah, right. That's I don't know why. I don't think gorillas are native to France. But they film a King Kong movie there. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <I don't laughs> no. It, it, I'm sure someone will tell us in the Discord. If you know why it's a gorilla, well, Bernie's let miss, us know. Bernie's ex-missus owns that track, doesn't she? I'm not sure. She does. Jeez. Mr. Dave Manus was telling us that. Is that a little legacy that she's still getting cash even though he's not running? Well, I, I know where that came from. He's looking at his assets and he's going, I've got to give her something. I'll just give her a poor regard. In the divorce. <laughs> he's gone, she won't know if it's not a good race. She doesn't want to sell it either. <laughs> <laughs> if you owned tracks, which one would you give up? 
Paul Ricard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's nailed it there. No, it's actually a good track for other. Um, totally. It's I mean, it was great. Are, it was a great track. Last it was, night. but it's it's genuinely the cars are too wide. It's it's too fast, and then the last section, any gains you've made, you just lose. But we yeah. can't complain. It was no, a good we race. can't complain. We can't complain. Um, let's jump into Alfa Romeo. Yeah, again, didn't say enough. I can't say enough. Genuinely, I don't think Giovinazzi exists. I think he's a figment of our imagination and he's been invented because I never see that guy on track. Never seen him interviewed. I've never seen him. He doesn't exist. You can't tell me that that guy is real. Guy conspiracies with Tommy. Go into it. Tell me more. Have you ever seen the guy be interviewed? Have you seen him on track? Have you seen anything? I have anything? seen him being interviewed, actually. I think, I think he it's had a, a man hologram. Bun. He had a man bun. Hologram. I think it's a hologram. Like the Running pipe. around. On, yep. Exactly, did in you, like Tupac. Did you see that? <laughs> did you see that video of the Pope <laughs> on the? <laughs> he's speaking from wherever, and then he disappears. It's like uh, it's clearly not. What? <laughs> what? He's just been taken to above. We've been sold a lemon. <laughs> nah, We've sold a lemon by the world uh, mainstream media. I think. Yeah, you can't convince me that guy's real. I think he is just a figment of Formula One, just making him up, just to keep fans happy. I don't know. Just Tell let's it. see more of the guy. I'd like to. I'd like to see something Is because a, this year he's actually been out qualifying Raikkonen a yep. fair bit and beating him on track. Yep. But we see more Raikkonen than we see a Giovinazzi. Love Raikkonen. It's true. And uh, Italian Jesus. He's <laughs> clearly not good on. Uh, yeah. Just allergic to cameras. But media. Kimmy was frustrating us for a little bit there when. The only, McLaren were trying to get through. Only for one lap. Only for one lap. Only and then we forgave him and then it was all good again. It was. It, it was. was. Yeah, I didn't say much of him. Look nah. good. I mean, that's what all Giovinazzi has to do, really. Yeah. Beat his teammate. Yep. Yeah. I think if he continues doing what he's doing, he will he will keep that seat and they'll give him a run into the start of the new regulations at least because why not? I actually think that car probably should be better than what it's performing at. Yeah. Really. If I'm honest. It's, Ferrari motor is a good motor. Yeah. Last year they had a good excuse because it was a stinker and they couldn't do anything. <laughs> well, this year you'd think that the car, sorry, the mo- the motor's pretty good. It's pretty good in a straight line. It's just the chassis and where that's at. And clearly they, Alpha's just got a history of not having great chassis. I mean, they've got, they got a good enough and a reasonable driving, a driving lineup. Yeah. So it's the chassis that's letting them down. Um, but you never know. They could have been affected by the uh, pressure changes in the tyres this weekend. Yeah. That's what we haven't talked Pirelli, about, is it? No, Pirelli put it up to 2 PSI. It sounds like a Band-Aid on, on their, the rears. On yeah, well, a Band-Aid, doing, to be but honest, yeah. look what it did to Ferrari. Yeah. Just plummeted, didn't they? Yeah. Yep. Which I love to see. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Speaking of Ferrari, they were both, what was it, fifth and seventh on their grid, I think it was. Yeah. Yep. Uh, ended up, Signs in 11, Leclerc in 16. Leclerc plummeted and had to pit again. I don't know what he did. He just spent his tyres early, whether it was, I don't know, the low downforce deg maybe or something, but they were struggling on tyres, weren't they? Oh, yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Particularly Leclerc. I was shocked how far he fell back through the um, through the grid on track and race pace. Like he's getting passed by everybody. Like even Esteban Ocon. You know, Giovinazzi to beat the works Ferrari. Yeah. I know some strategy played into a bit of that, but yeah, they're, quick on, they're quick for the first 10 laps on new rubber. Yep. But it seems like 
And I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to tyre pressures and the way these engines, the engineers get around these issues. It seems to me if you've got high tyre pressures, your car should be faster. And it should, like, the load on the tyres is less because there's more pressure on it. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? But then you've got less grip. Well, the problem... Because there's less tyre applied to the road. Well, the problem is, yeah. is that Ferrari seem to lose most out of the pressures. Yeah. So their team's got a lot of work to do between now and next week yep. to, to figure something out. Yep. Or maybe Pirelli just bring a harder set of compounds to Austria because Ferrari <laughs> can veto that decision. And it, yeah, <laughs> Ferrari's got ultimate veto power. And go back to the normal I uh, think pressures. also they probably just went more of a quality setup than a race, race spec because they qualified well. And maybe if they had to run a bit different downforce setup, they might have been able to hang on to tyres for longer. I think teams expected it to be not as easy to overtake as I well. think you're right. I don't think anyone was anyone expected the amount of overtakes we had on track and the degradation of the tyres as well. Yeah, it seemed like the first 10 laps, like you said, it was actually pretty even. And then it just opened up. And yep. then DRS passes were easy at that stage. Yep. Yep. All of a sudden, it was just like breezing. Yep, you were breezing past people. So, oh. very interesting to see. Um, so, nothing more to say, really, about Ferrari. No, nah, I don't want to rag on him. I mean, Carlos, he'd be frustrated. He qualified superbly. Yeah, he did so well. Put on fifth, best of the rest. To but, fall back that far in the race, I yeah. just think, geez, that's that's real unlucky. Yeah, he just didn't have the, the car under him this week. Yeah. Um, on to the X-Whipping Boy. Your guy, Gasly and well, Alpha Tauri. Best of the rest, really. Mate, he was solid. Seventh. That's Since a- he, he struggled a bit early on those mediums, as pretty much everyone did. Um, he tried to do his classic go long and it didn't quite pay off. Yep. Because um, the undercut was king this week. Um, but he, he recovered back. He was in the fight at the end with Alonso. Um, and Ricardo. And Ricardo trying to get that. That kind of as high as possible, but yeah, good I from Gasly. I don't think I don't. That was just because of the strategy they put on Danny yeah. Rick that they were able to close up so close to him towards the end of the race. Yeah. But uh, good car, I, it is, isn't it? I don't know where to put Alpha Terry. We talked about it yesterday, and yep. I said, oh, they could be the fourth best car on the grid or grid on the car, whatever grid on the car, to, whatever way you <laughs> want to put it. Yep. But uh, Gasly driving that car is good. Yeah. And he's consistently there. He's consistently the fourth best. Yep. He doesn't beat the McLarens or one week when he does beat the McLarens, he's not beating the Ferraris. So yep. the cars there are thereabouts. The yeah. It's that other race. So he's in that sort of fifth. Yep. And then I suppose like you look Yuki finishing 13th from starting in the pits. Like the car's yeah. got some something, doesn't it? Like, like Yep. Yep. And what's that? I think they're more of a sister team this year than they are than they were last Baby year. Baby junior. Well, because they're yeah. getting the results and they've yeah. clearly got some pace in that car. Yep. Um, over a race distance, it's nowhere near the same as a Red Bull, but over one lap, he's. I mean, I would love to see what a who's who's a good qualifier besides Max or good <sighs> Danny yeah. Rick. I mean, put a like a Claire kind of qualifier kind or of a science. Put a science. Yeah. I'd really like to see what a sign someone would do in that car. Yep. Then if you had the opportunity to see what they would do, then yeah. you'd go, shit, there's a bit of beans in this car and it's probably better than we're suggesting. So. Yep. As much as we like Yuki, can you imagine what 
would be happening if there was a Kvyat in that car alongside Gasly. Well, we know what we'd get. I think that'd be a way more competitive team. They would be nipping at the heels of McLaren and Ferrari, I think, each week. If you look at the Kvyat and um, what's his name? Gasly. Gasly, sorry. <laughs> if, you look at the, boy. if you look at the Kvyat-Gasly history. Yeah. It's pretty even except for that Gasly will get the job done three out of five times. Yeah. But the other two times and the times he loses, yeah. Kvyat's right there. Yeah. And Kvyat can always he was work good. himself into positions where yeah. he can get podiums. As I said, I think his year was overshadowed by Gasly's sure. win last year because he got a couple of podiums. Yep. And he got a couple of podiums the year before or one podium, I believe, and yeah. Gasly got one too. So, yep. I mean, these guys, and they're opportunistic when the – when the time mm. comes and they get things right, um, that can easily fail if you get stuck into yeah. the status quo of what everyone else is doing. But that's the strength of Alpha Terry. And yeah. um, you just wonder if our absent James would say, uh, if they hadn't have gone young Yuki, let him have another year in F2, kept Kvyat for this last year of regs and then brought in a rookie. I don't know. Like as a team, they'd be doing better, but then you're behind on the development, the young driver, all those kind of things. You've got to kind of, Got to take the risk, don't you? Well, I don't think. Look, we know why Yuki's in there. Yuki's in there to keep Honda happy. Yep. And Honda wanted a Japanese driver, so that's why they. Got yeah. Him. Um, I don't think it does these guys any justice bringing them in too young. Yeah, I'm with you. And we've seen that. We've seen that with Albon. Yeah. Who else? Sonoda. Um, who else came the, in the, way too the early? The ones that come in young Mazepin. and stick. It's well, worth it. like you've got Max, and he's the he's the other end of like the sooner you could get Max in that car, the better. Well, that's like, it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I just don't think it does these guys any longevity yeah. in the sport. If you get it right, then you're sweet. Yeah, but if you don't, we just see too many careers ruined by it or that's reputations, it. yeah, tainted because they're not ready. Oh, I'd yep. love to see like we got Piastri coming up in F3, yeah, who's a bona fide superstar and as good as they get. Yep, I mean. Into a new category this year, win an F3, steps into F2, and the first three races, clearly the best driver. So good. Things have happened, and he's not in front of the points, but yep. clearly the best driver. Now, yep. if he can make that same step up into F1 yeah. and have the same sort of results and take to it like it's, you know, a fish in water, then great. That's what we want. But I would much prefer Weber as his manager to go, look, you know what, mate? If you can't get, if you win F2 this year and you can't get a drive for next year, I'm happy about that. We're going to go and stick you in another couple of categories yep. around the world and yeah. just keep you driving, keep yep. you on top of your craft, yep. learn more about the off-track side of the sport Correct. and the engineers and the way that works while doing some testing yep. and while staying relevant in F1, yep. hold him off to 2023, 2024. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to stay out of it too long, but a year's the max. We saw what happened to uh, Stoffel Van Dorn when he sat out for a whole year to get that McLaren yep, seat. forgotten. That's the risk. But mm. if I'm Weber, I'm saying, look, we don't need to rush in and get you into a shit team in a shit car just yep. for the sake of getting you in young. And I think after either way, he'll step up and do the right thing. But well, as a, as his manager, I think Weber should. That's yeah. As as a Renault young driver, a Renault young driver, Renault. we can talk about Alpine now because they've just signed Ocon. So maybe that path straight into that team is not as logical now. Well, so he might have to go elsewhere first. Well. It, Guangzhou's probably ahead of him mm. in the terms of development from Renault. Yeah. And Guangzhou's leading the F2 championship at the moment. But I don't. Like, Guangzhou, to me, 
he's the guy that wins the two uh, race one and two yeah. because he qualifies tens and because it's reverse grid. He starts yeah. on pole and gets that win, yeah. you know, and then he can come through and pick up solid points. But in the feature race, he's never the one to be winning it where it should yes. be when maximum. To be honest, similar to Schumacher in that respect as well. Never, never race winner, but just consistent point collector yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, but, but Piastri for me, it's interesting with it with Alpine. You know, yeah. Because what do they do with Alonso? Are they set on giving Alonso two years now? I think they're going to give Alonso the keys until he doesn't want them. I don't think you could go. Please come back, Alonso, and then fire him. I but, don't think he's going to let that fly. But for me, yeah, seventh race in the car, yep. Alonso has been saying publicly he's struggling, he's not turning yep. groups. But what is clear in the last two races is that the guy has turned a page Big time. and he's getting more out of the car than Ocon, than Ocon is. Yeah. And for me, I'm sitting here and going, why on earth would you give him three years now? <laughs> because they wanted to lock him up to say to Mercedes, no, you can't have him because we want him. Then, three years, that is a long time in yeah. this sport. Yep. No I mean, one's on a three-year contract other than Charles Leclerc. Yep. He was on a five-year from Ferrari. Yep. Uh, it's going to backfire in their face because if Fernando Alonso over the space of the season starts spanking Ocon like he was getting last year, yep. then they're stuck with him to 2024. It's, it's a... 20, 2023, I think it is, the end of that season. So uh, 2022, 2023, 2024. Yeah. So that to me is just like, what are you doing with young drives in the program? Where do they fit? We know you can rip up contracts yeah. at any time and pay it out because you've got the cash to do it, but yep. it doesn't make a lot we, of sense. We talked about it yesterday. It doesn't make sense because it's not like there was – I don't think he was in the eye of Mercedes going to be that driver anyway. No. They can think that all they want, but I don't think Toto Wolf was going – that guy's really showed us something compared to George Russell, which they still think is going to be the guy, or VB's going to stay there. Hey, props to Ocon's manager, though. He's <laughs> yeah, he got paid too. Yeah, well, <laughs> and he got in three years. So, That's it, so. I but mean, that was probably the cherry. That was probably the argument point. So, could he have come out and got some points this week, maybe? Probably. He got 14th. That's at, at his home Grand Prix. And qualified yeah. 11th. Free tire choice. Yep. Started on the hards. Started didn't in, start on the hards, did he? Yeah, he started on the oh, hards. Oh, really? Yeah. Started on the hards and started in front of Vettel and who was behind Vettel, who was also on the hards. Um, not Stroll, he qualified shit. Stroll was. Um, who was? Giovinazzi and Russell. So, I mean. Yeah. But to still get like, past. Dude, I know. Vettel, I just, and drop back to 14th and lose positions when you start on that alternate strategy, yeah. which was. The quickest strategy and the best strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's frustrating. I, I don't know. You, uh, you would like to think after a contract like that, they talk about the NBA sometimes actually. You play really hard going into contract negotiations. As soon as you get the signed on the dotted line, it's, it's relaxed a bit like right that. Oh, we don't yeah. have a job next year, so we play Quick, better this go year. Job, yep. do and do, as soon yeah. as you secure that money, it's like, ah, relax. Yeah, well, that's so what, maybe that's there's a little bit of that. did yesterday. <laughs> Jeez, Brooklyn <laughs> shit the bed, Tommy. Uh, What's going on there? Mate, KD was another inch back. That three would have counted and it would have won. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> it's an inch. It was literally an inch. Yeah, but yes, that's anyway. our other podcast that doesn't exist quite yet. Yeah. Aston Martin. Sebastian, Sebastian is back. Sebastian is back. Mate. He's back. That guy Excellent has. Excellent result. He's, he, 
looks like he's found the fountain of youth. He's had a big swim and he's come back. Yeah. His last three races, he has been very competitive, making moves on track. I think you could say like the first three, four races of the year, he was timid. He was kind of just passive running around the track, yeah. not really being aggressive and asserting himself. Last three, he's been unbelievable. Yeah. A great result for him. I mean, got in the points. Uh, both of them got in the points. So ninth and tenth, respectively, I yeah. think, to pass. I mean, and Stroll had the dream strategy from the back. Like he had nothing to lose. You'd be looking at their starting position. You got the first four locked out by the two top teams. Then you got a couple of Ferraris in there. You got a couple of McLarens and Fernando Alonso, and they're out of the top ten. They're going, geez, how are we going to break into this top ten? Yeah. I mean, to pass an Alpine. Two Ferraris. Yep. Um, and lose out to like Gasly. To get both of them in the points, that's what I'm saying. Is for sure. Great result for them. Um, and like we mentioned, that that was a potential sixth as well. Like if he was putting in the effort oh, right to the end there, like yeah. a couple more laps and who knows what it would have been. I mean, the strategy was right. He, was, he just couldn't close that gap. Yeah. He was closing that gap to Alonso, which was about eight seconds with about Oh, five or six laps to go, and he closes it into two. Yeah. I mean, because Alonso and Gasly were fighting with Ricardo, that allowed him to get up a bit more too. But yep. you're right, another two or three laps, and that was clearly the fastest of those four drivers. Big time. Moving in. And then Stroll, I mean, he was – Stroll finished what? Had a rubbish qualifier. 20 seconds behind his teammate. Yeah. How many was it? Uh, 14 seconds behind his teammate. Yeah. I mean, I mean but- over a race distance, that's nothing in starting grid positions I get. Um, but you, you're almost like not start. You're almost not competing in the same race when you're starting in 19th. Do you know what I mean? You're just out there running your race. It doesn't matter what anyone else does. You're just running your strategy. Stroll will be happy with that. Yeah, for he sure. He knows he lost his time to his teammate on the opening five laps and he was able to pass and get through the field and do yep. what he needed to do. Yep. Good, good, good for Aston Martin. Yeah. I mean, considering where they started. Yeah. They've got to sort their one lap out. Yeah. All right, it's time. Right. The time we've been waiting for. Our boy is back. It was so good to see Daniel Ricciardo confident, breaking late, and just getting stuff done on track. It was good to see. Oh, we were like, yes. When it first started happening, we're like, he's in front of, he's in front of Norris. Got in front. Like, okay, this is a good start. Yeah. And then we saw a couple of dives didn't come off initially, and then by lap twenty, he'd passed everybody. Yeah. Oh, it was like, oh, it was good to watch. Oh, the chat was the going. Chat was the chat was it. loving it. Yeah, we're up and about. I'm not. I don't think he's back yet. He's still got a bit more in the car, but you can tell he's feeling confident. He's getting better. Yeah, this is like he's not. In my opinion, he's not back, but he's. That was the best race yeah. we've seen him oh, race all for year. Sure, that oh, was a bit of Danny Rick of old, really. Yeah, I'm pissed off at McLaren though. Yeah, I, I threw this in the chat so. Norris had no chance at all of getting fourth. They were, what, 50 seconds or something behind? Yeah. Something insane, but they let Norris pass because he had faster tyres. But he only ended up, what, six seconds or something ahead of Danny? So they could have just held them and switched them back at the end because Danny really deserved that fifth over the six compared to Norris because he he made that strategy possible for Norris. Well, look, the problem is – they pitted Danny Rick too early. But they had to cover off and they had to force the chain reaction to give Norris clean air and all those kind of things. Yeah. Well, yeah. so when they pitted Danny Rick, 
so that he could get the moves, on-track moves in front of yep. Gasly and, and Sainz. Yep. And he'd already passed the clue. Leclerc got back in front of him. The problem with that first 10 to 12 laps was Danny Rick was stuck behind Leclerc, and it was yes that he had the pace to do it, but they were coming into traffic too. So the first yep. 12 to 13 laps were spent between getting the gap from two seconds yeah. into DRS, and then as soon as he's in DRS, they're passing a Raikkonen. Yep. Then he loses a lap because he's got to wait to get past Raikkonen, yep. and then he's bringing that gap back down from two and a half seconds to DRS. Yeah. Whereas Norris, when everyone pitted, he was left in the free air. Yeah. He wasn't battling anyone with similar pace. He was just flying past people slower than him. But he had, yeah. you know, he had that 10 to 12 lap newer rubber when exactly. he came out. Yep. Now, in hindsight, you would have kept Danny Rick out because he would have passed Gasly and Sainz anyway. Yes. And he would have had the free air to run that extra 12 to 15 laps that he wanted to run and then come out and make the passes on track, which he was going to do anyway. Yep. Um, it's one of those ones, though, you had to throw the dominoes to make sure the, uh, the Gasly and right and um, yeah. Alonso jumped in. Uh, but but <sighs> McLaren clearly had the pace to pass these guys sure. on track. And but that's what... You only really saw that on the hards, though, in their defense. You didn't see it until Danny was doing it. You're like, oh. So they were like, okay, now we know what the pace is on those hards in traffic, all these kind of things. We can leave Norris out. Yeah. Stretch those tires once they'd seen the evidence. And that's, look, I think ultimately, I think ultimately if Danny Rick didn't let him pass, I think Gasly would have, sorry, Norris would have passed him on track anyway because yes. he just had new aroma. Exactly, yeah. And the toll that it takes in those first 10 to 12 laps on the hard oh. step, the amount of rubber that he used up, and we yep. saw it at the end, he lost that 10-second buffer down to a second, yep. not because he didn't have the pace, yep. because he didn't have the tyres. So yep. anyway, look. Lando's lucky to get that result over his teammate today. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he drove better than Daniel today. No, no way. Daniel drove an incredible race. Pace was solid, but it just no. happened to be it. Like Danny Rick didn't need to pit no. when he pitted. No. He like, still had tire. Yeah. He's like, we're good. We can keep this rolling. Yep. But they said, do the opposite of Gasly, and you got to follow your team in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, unfortunately for Danny Rick, that 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 points difference between him and Lando. Not that mm. I think he cares long term. And I no. don't care long-term either. I'm drawing a line halfway between the season and starting again. Yep. But that that gap between those two is almost insurmountable now because of yeah. the positions that they're fighting for. Fifth and sixth, <sighs> there's no way that Danny Rick's going to make up that points difference in the championship. And all that matters is about the team. It's about yep. getting third in the constructors yep. and getting the big money. Yep. And fifth and sixth in that car. Solar points. Well, it just... Brings, you know, it takes them 20 points ahead yeah. of Ferrari or 16 or whatever it is. In the, yeah. I do think, though, that has bought some real estate in Lando's head. Danny's now going, I've got a little bit of your head, mate, because you Norris would know that Daniel was faster and had a better race yeah. that day. He Norris just lucked out on strategy. Yeah. That wasn't on-track pace. That wasn't ability. He's Smarters. like, Smarters. shit, he's figured it out. This guy's coming for me. Yeah. And I think that's going to start getting to Norris now because he's been a cocky little shit this start of the year. He's talking a little bit. He's a bit chirpy. I well, think this is actually going to go, oh, that guy's really good. He's starting to figure it out. I yeah. better worry. Well, I alluded to it yesterday on the Pre-Drinks podcast. And if you didn't if you didn't listen to it, I'll say it again because I know some people don't listen to the Pre-Drinks thing because we're making predictions about a race why. you've already watched. Listen to but it. It's really good. I said yesterday. 
Lando came out and made some comments about Danny Rick's driving style and he wasn't as adaptable as other drivers. And my basic rant yesterday was, was a bloody good rant. It's a great rant. Discord loved it too. But what I said was, Lando Norris, pull your bloody head in, mate. You haven't won a race. You haven't put it on pole. You haven't even come close to doing anything in this F1 paddock other than being a good driver and generating some good headlines. Pull your head in. You've driven one car. You don't know what it's like to change teams. You don't know what it's like to change drive cars. I guarantee you if you went into a Red Bull or a Mercedes or any other car, you'd be struggling just as much as everyone else. You don't have the points in the bank to be making these comments about a driver like Daniel Ricciardo. So pull your head in, son. Just relax. Your job's going to get really bloody hard in the next (laughs) two to three years because it's not if, it's when Danny Rick gets – starts to understand this car and it's when the decisions behind closed doors in the factory they're paying him 25 million bucks a year they're paying you five yeah that's a token body salary mate (laughs) i'll tell you what you need to get to grips with the understanding of where this board is and what zach brown and andrea seidel saying daniel daniel ricardo they see him as the world champion they say you as playing a supporting role if danny rick wants something in that car and he wants them to push in a direction to help his driving style, it's going that way. Life for you is going to get very tough if you don't perform like you have in the first seven races. I can tell you right now that what we've seen from Danny Ricciardo is not indicative of what you're going to get over the next two to three years. So pull your head in and stop making stupid comments that you don't have the bank, the cash in the bank to be able to be uh, making yet. Campy. Do you think... Zach and Andreas would be very happy with Daniel this week. I think um, this this is what they're they're seeing glimmers of like, aha, right, this is the guy that we wanted for years before he was available. Yeah. This is the guy that we're putting our future into. And we we trust that when it comes together, when this car is developed in the way that he requires, we're gonna be on here. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Zach said that in public. He's like, we've had our eye on Danny Rick for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And one thing we know about Zach is he's really he understands what's going on. Mate. <sighs> mate. He's built this team up, taking over from, uh, who's the other guy? What's his name? Um, <sighs> Ron Dennis. Yep. Yeah, Ron Dennis was a, this, did some great things. But Bust. a decisive character. And the reason why we saw such poor on-track performance from McLaren for a few years is because of the mess that Ron Dennis leave behind. Yes. Now, for a guy like Zach Brown to come back in and put up with Button and Alonzo for a couple of years and Gutierrez when he was in there F2 as well. F2 engines. You know, yeah. with Hondas and it didn't work. Yeah. A guy like Zach, he knows that this thing, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. There's always going to be a few hiccups in the road, but he knows how to handle the team. Yeah. Knows how to get them working together. He's got the vision. He's got the ambition. He's made of the right stuff. The yep. way he handles sales publicly. He knows exactly what this team is doing and where it's at from day to day, but also keeping that future ambition in check with everything yep. they're doing for the now. They know they've got the driver lineup. If they get the car and the chassis, uh, the, they've got the motor. If they get the chassis right, yeah. they know that they've got the, the drivers that are capable of winning a world championship and getting them back on the top step of where, where to be. He's got that. He doesn't care about Danny Rick's first 10 races. No, long term. Here's what happens yep. next year and the year after. Yep. And the car could be completely different next year. We might have to start all over again. But I can tell you what, 
Lando shouldn't be making these stupid comments and it wouldn't surprise me if behind closed doors someone's just knocking on his door saying, come on, mate. Shut up, pal. Just, yeah, that, I think you're spot on. I, I think we've got McLaren pretty right. Yeah. And if you disagree, I couldn't give two shits. You're wrong. <laughs> speaking of someone... You're wrong because I said you're wrong. Speaking of someone who disagrees, Bottas did not agree with the strategy he was put on. That poor guy was saying early, it would have been lap 20 to 30, he was like, not going to be able to go here, not going to be able to go here. We need to think about a two-stop. We need to think about a two-stop. He was saying it constantly, like, nope, we need you here to contest with Perez, blah, blah, blah. Turns out Perez got past him. Well, they're using him as a pawn, aren't they? He was, wasn't he? Yeah. He was the fodder that they threw out there to try and slow down Max Verstappen on his comeback through. (sighs) Yep. And not only did it cost him Verstappen coming through, but also Perez. Yep. And what did he say after the race in his interview? He said, I was I called out for four laps. I was like, there's no way. This is a two-stop. Everyone's going two-stop. Yeah. Get me on the best strategy for a two-stop. Yeah. Didn't hear a thing back from the team. It's like they shut him off and said, no. Oh. And he said, if we had got the two-stop right when I called it, yep. I would have been, I would have won. Yes. Well, it would have been like what, Red Bull were doing because they were trying to avoid it from what race was it? One of the rings. Spain, wasn't it? Uh, not a ref. I can't remember. The one where they did the same thing as Max did, basically. Yeah. Hit early, go a two stop where it probably shouldn't be and make it work. Yeah. And that's what they wanted. That's what VB wanted to do. He's like, give me a crack at that. Let me make Max think about it. Because if Bottas had appeared when he wanted to, Max would have gone, shit, that guy's probably going to be in front of me on similar fresh rubber coming back through. But then you would have just seen Lewis hold out for longer. But at least they would have tried something, and that's what VB wanted. Let the guy make his own decisions. Yeah. Because you were literally just letting him sit there to protect Hamilton. There was no other reason. I don't like it. I don't like like Red Bull using Perez as a pawn, and I don't like Mercedes using Bottas as a pawn. No. I understand why they do it. Yeah. And I understand the need for it to put pressure on mm. two guys that are, I mean, it's a two-horse race if you're yeah. cynical. But I don't want to see it. I want to see two sides of the garage doing yeah. whatever they want. But they've got to fit into that team environment. And that's where the tension is sometimes yeah. in, in sport. I mean, we've well, seen we've seen, we've, we've seen Valtteri move over for Lewis before. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. I can't see Lewis moving over for Valtteri no if he's told to. No chance. No way. They'll touch. They'll crash before that happens. I know. Uh, look, I, I don't like it, but Valtteri's right. I mean, yep. at some level, you've got to trust these guys. Um, I mean, Valtteri was quick all weekend, but then when it mattered in qualifying, he yeah. didn't put it together. Showed some genuine pace, but he's still... Look, but, like, you the, can... Here's the wrap on... He's just... He can't... He can't extract that extra three or four tenths consistently over 10 laps out yeah. when he needs to, yep. that Lewis does. Yep. Which puts him in these positions well, to almost win a race. And unfortunately, when he did try and do that, and he did have the pace for a second there, but he's following two cars very closely. Yeah. Hammers your tyres. Yeah. So he was spending tyres faster than the, f- the front two, yep. way quicker, and then was expected to last longer than both of them. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> geez, you wonder why the guy's going, I've got literally no tyres. But let's let's kind of jump to Red Bull and we'll talk about them both the teams. I think the Perez strategy as a pawn 
this time actually netted him as yeah. good a result as possible. Totally. Really. Totally. So if you're looking at the team, Red Bull first and third, that's a great points haul. Yeah, great. I think I think that is probably the ultimate result they could have got considering they started first and fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Max's and stuff up at the start. Three wins on the trot too that's for Red Bull. Big. First time that's happened in the Turbo Hybrid era. Aaron is going to be chirpy. Oh, he was chirpy. He was giving Wolf shit. Oh, they're going at it, aren't in they? their interview afterwards, <laughs> Wolf said, oh, he's got his new wings now. So I'm giving him the front one in the next couple of weeks. So. <laughs> There's always a bit of banter between them going on where it's, oh. where it's tit for tat. But it's what yeah. we want to see. Totally. All right. Well, if you, if you had to make a prediction for the rest of the year, who goes on and wins from here? I think Red Bull's going to start walking away with it, to be honest. Do you? I think they're going to start walking away because a couple more of these, Mercedes is not going to have VB bought in because Perez is bought in. He's all on board. Yep. I think he's he's bleeding Red Bull right now. He's loving that. Yeah. I think VB is going to be discontent and you're going to also see them go, Mercedes will go, not our year. Let's start focusing on next year kind of. Stuff, whereas I think Max Jesus. is so hungry for his first championship. Oh, yeah, Not that Lewis isn't hungry, but I think Lewis will consolidate his losses and take a second, yep. maybe win a race here or there, and then they'll just focus for next year. I don't. Lewis is not. I, I'm the other way. It, Lewis gets in these positions. You think he poked the bear and he just comes harder. Uh, and he does. And uh, um, it's going to be one of the great. Formula One seasons for it is, isn't it? I don't care about constructors between Mercedes and Red Bull. No, I think Red Bull probably take the constructors. Yep, but I think I think Lewis goes on to win it, and it's going to be all time. Just because in the past, like we look at not so much last year or uh, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, we saw Ferrari challenging Red Bull like this. I don't think. Ferrari was quick then, but they were definitely mm. challenging, and they put it in. Yeah, but at the midpoint of the season, where it was really tight, it's over. That's when Mercedes put the accelerator down <laughs> yeah. and just flew up the road and decimated Ferrari. And I've it put does them in a position. On, it depends where we on tracks, up, right? As well, it does depend on tracks, but I just. Mercedes, for me, history would say. Yeah. History's got to change. They're not yeah. going to win everyone moving forward, but yep. history would say in this turbo hybrid era that Mercedes will put their foot down and do something to the car that just any competition they have, they leave them in their wake. So I think that's the way it'll go. Mind um, you, they haven't been up against Red Bull in this. They haven't been, they haven't been under this much pressure in a lot, like, since I can remember. Yeah. Since before the Turbo sure. Hybrid era. How's that uh, Bottas winning the championship? Prediction going for you. Shit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> My what? heart wants him to do well. Oh. I, I want the guy to come out and win 10 races for the year. Yeah. Because he's capable of it. But up against Lewis when Lewis is hunting. Yeah. And going hard. And the team's not in his corner. Oh, you can just say. Yeah. And then, look, Lewis can carry on like a muppet at times. And we've seen that in the last couple of weeks. When he wins, it's so I thank the fans, super humble. But when he loses, oh, the team's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> you saw it flip, so. Like, I get it. But there's a way that you've got to act off track with humility. Yeah. And, oh, I get it. He, he's just, we just but, feel like he's a polished. You're so, not getting the real guy. Well, I'm trying to say, I don't care about that shit. Yeah. In the car. He's unbelievable. He's humble. For him Mate. to follow Max for as long as he did in that DRM. Ah, oh, look. 
as much as I don't want him to win and as much as I can't, I'm sick of him winning. Yeah. yeah I've got to give it to the guy for how good he actually <sighs> He's is. He's the best we've ever seen. Well, yeah. results-wise. I think there's better drivers, but results-wise is <sighs> the best. Well, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> what? No, you're right. Well, I'd put Senna in that category. Yes, I think yes. Senna's arguably the best. I think Alonso's the best. Of you his love well. Alonso, don't you? Well, at the time, he knocked Schumacher off his, you know, and what yeah. he did in that Renault for those couple of years was true. amazing. But um, anyway, that's the way I see it moving forward. So. Which is, so as a fan, either one of us being right is, it means it's going to be close. We're, yeah. we're not saying it's, because it could go either way. So, which is what we want. But what we saw last night is we saw Max make a mistake on lap one, which put Lewis in the lead. Yeah. I think Mercedes will be pinching themselves. That undercut worked right throughout it. They thought they had the gap for Lewis to get back out in Mercedes. Yeah. But that's what could be what uh, decides this championship. Not so much the drivers, just the decisions. the other. Yeah. (laughs) The decisions the teams make off track, which makes it super exciting. I mean, Mr. Toto would be fuming, fuming. I would not want to get that guy angry I mean, too. With track position, Lewis goes, Lewis goes on. Yeah. Max had nothing for him in that first stint. It was Mercedes stuff up in the pit stops Yep, that allowed uh, Red Bull to win. And I mean, the team said it on the radio afterwards. It's our fault, mate. So, I don't know what happened there. Sorry, mate. Um, um, I think but that's motorsport. Yeah. That's what, oh. Oh. Sometimes like – your team does amazing things and gets you good positions. Sometimes they can lose it for you too. That's yep. it's why it's actually a team sport as much as it looks like an individual sport. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. Right for Max though. I'm stoked for him. Yeah, and stoked for Max. Good uh, to have Hamilton, like we've mentioned, chasing because yeah. you see a hungry, like secretly, if he kind of like cools down after this race and he's fuming and he's frustrated, he didn't get the win. He's going to be so competitive coming into the next two of this of this triple header, because you just that guy loves to yeah. chase. Yeah. Like he, he needs that internal motivation to have something to go for. All right, so we got two Red Bull rings coming up, double header. Ooh. that's traditionally been a Red Bull track for the last. Yep. You know, but this isn't a traditional Red Bull kind of car setup, is it? It's kind yeah. of it's changing a bit more to yeah. straight line speed. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. The yep. medium speed corner. So not wrong. It, it's not, yeah, it's not the Red Bull of old. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. I don't, I don't love I don't love the Red Bull ring. Whoa. I mean, it produces some good racing. It but does. The track, I just feel like I've seen it so much in the last You have, because we have. <laughs> We've so seen much. it so much. You know, I could pit I can literally drive a lap sitting here looking at it just yeah. going, oh, and I don't play video games, so I wouldn't know the track that well. I know it inside out. But yeah. I can know it inside out. So, yeah. Anyway. But big break. The McLaren was good there last year. So it's got good. some hope. It's good. It's good. It's what we want. That's it. And if Danny can treat this as like a little mid season testing because he's got two weeks in a row. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I hope. Beautiful. Well, I let's, let's jump into some, some fantasy. <laughs> fantasy. 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 Yeah. You guys are doing <gasps> you guys are doing great things in the fantasy. Keep it up. We oh. love it. It is so good to be able to just jump in and just get a laugh out of some names. All right, I'm gonna rip through some real quick. Oh. When I was in GP2, I think that's a little Karoon shout out from Alex B. Mission win later. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Steen N. 
The offendable Californian Muppet from Manus, you legend. Manus. Sir Lewis Marathon. Manus a guest spot on yeah, there, I, think, I, I think we're going to have to make that have happen. Have to make that happen, Manus. Third best league in the team. <laughs> from George That's more fun at Mount, Mount, Mount yours truly. Yep. How many French jokes can one race have? <laughs> from Glen A. And the names of the Grand Prix races are so long. That's from so Thomas long. B. Alrighty. So no, there's a better one than that. Well, yeah. Um, get in there. They call me Barrichello Koala. Well, I was just about to get that. So <laughs> they call me Barrichello Koala is leading James M. Absolutely that dominating. Is, that is one of the greatest names. If you're not from Australia, you probably don't get that. You just have a chocolate. Yeah. Caramello Koala. Yeah. Barrichello That's great. Koala. Uh, and then in second, and also this week's best team with 353 points. Mega Driver Max and Turbo Perez. <laughs> Max ended up getting 147 with the uh, Mega Driver. That's huge. Um, so that is this is Red Bull's year 8.0, and then in third Olympic RT21. Nice, Campy. You're on 22. You're in uh, 22nd. I'm in 47th, and James has fallen all the way back to 53rd. What a loser! Sort of, yeah, big How loser. How much credibility is that guy got? <laughs> Very little. Like it's losing it every day, really. Let's be honest. That guy. We do miss you, Jim. Uh, well, we, we'll say that on the podcast anyway. That's for okay. sure. I miss you. Can be. Next week. It's not the you. same in there, Jim. He's a good host. Yeah. We get to it all. We've done yeah. well. Mate. We've, we've done real well. For for just a couple of Thomases here hanging out. Just we've done all right, I reckon. Tea plebs. A couple of teas. Yeah, um, mate. Ripping podcasts, ripping two podcasts. We will see you next week in Styria for which ring? The Red Bull ring, the Hungara ring, one of the rings. Red Bull ring, isn't it? Campy doesn't know which ring's the ring. It is the Red Bull ring this time, though. We'll see you there. Might have been in qualifying too. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> I'll find it and I'll let you know. Right. We'll do it after the fact. Right. We'll do it after. Sports Social Podcast Network.